This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. For quite a long time, uh, I wanted to share about the Ten Commandments. I want to talk about the Ten Commandments of God. God has given Ten Commandments to the children of Israel as they were in the wilderness. And these Ten Commandments, they are also applicable to the church which is living in these days. We all know that God gave Ten Commandments to Moses and we can read that from Exodus chapter 20. And probably if we ask our children to tell, they will be able to recollect their memory and then they will be able to tell us, you know, what are all these Ten Commandments. So Ten Commandments are recorded in Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 to 17 as well as in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 6 to 21. More or less they are in, they are same. They are the same, and of course, you see minor difference between the way Ten Commandments are recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17, and between Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 6 to 21. But the unfortunate thing is that it is misunderstood by the church or the Christianity today, and they think that the, the all the Ten Commandments are for the Old Testament people and it is no more applicable to the New Testament but that's not true you know even they think that Jesus came to abolish all the laws of the Old Testament but it is not true because Bible doesn't say that way even Jesus talks about that we can read that from Matthew chapter 5 if you can go to Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 uh, to 18 Bible says Matthew chapter 5 17 do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets I did not come to destroy but to fulfill the law you know Jesus Christ did not come to destroy the commandments or the Old Testament laws but instead he came to fulfill the law and in Jesus we find the law is getting fulfilled and the law will continue to get fulfilled by the church through the church Jesus came and he fulfilled the law all the prophecies which were spoken about Jesus Christ were made true in him as he came to this world so today if someone says that we don't need to follow the law it's not true so if you read the verse 17 from uh, the NIRV that is New International Readers Version if you read that Bible little more clear about that it says in verse 17 goes like this do not think I have come to get rid of what is written in the law or in the prophets I have not come to do that instead I have come to give full meaning to what is written what I am about to tell you is true so Jesus is saying I have come to give you full meaning about the law so Jesus came in support of the law in Matthew 519 the same chapter if you go to verse 19 whoever therefore breaks one of these least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven but whoever does and teaches them he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven that means Jesus want us to follow the law and he also want us to teach the law so teaching the law is also important as following the law so God wants us to teach us uh, teach the law as well as God expects us to teach our children the law that's the reason we teach them Ten Commandments and we you know take the Ten Commandments and we picture it and then frame it and put it in our house and say that you know these are the Ten Commandments which we need to follow every time Matthew the same chapter 520 says for I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven that means the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes they were following the law strictly 
And but Jesus is saying here, it's not enough if you just follow the law. Your righteousness should exceed the righteousness of the uh, scribes and Pharisees. That means you need to, you know, more is expected from you than the Old Testament people. So there is no way we can get rid of these Ten Commandments in from the church or in our families in our life. So we would like to go through the Ten Commandments one by one, and we will not be able to cover it in, in one week. So we will continue that as we go further. So let's go back to Exodus chapter 20 and quickly read through a few verses. And God spoke all these words saying, it starts with saying that and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And verse 3, Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before me. And verse 4, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. Verse 6, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments and verse 7 you shall not take the name of the Lord God your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain verse 8 remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God in it you shall do not work you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and sea and all that is in in them and and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So the first four commandments as we read first four commandments are they define the relationship that we need to have with our heavenly father the first four commandments talk about the relationship that we need to have with our heavenly father the remaining six commandments it talk about the relationship with we need to have with one another so that's the easy way to divide uh, you know the ten commandments so today we'll concentrate a little bit on the first four commandments the relationship kind of relationship that we need to have today with our lord let's go back to the first commandment first commandment it says you shall have no other gods before me it's a simple commandment it says you shall have no other gods before me you know bible is clear about the relationship that we need to have with our God or with our Creator. You know, all that we have today on this earth, all that we experience, the ultimate source is our God. He is our Creator. He created us and He provides everything for us. And he created us in a wonderful way and he kept us in this beautiful planet called the earth. You know, every source, you know, anything, that's the only source. He is the only source for every blessing that we enjoy, we experience today on this earth. And you know, man doesn't see God because God is invisible and even though God says you shall have no other gods before me man doesn't see and all that see man saw even today he sees is the nature around him and he's considered some of the natural things as supernatural power he considered wind as supernatural power and he considers you know all the natural phenomena taking place and uh, all the you know supernatural things which are around us like the sun and the moons and the stars and all the things which are having the environment around us he consider they have power the nature has power of the supernatural and he started worshiping the nature even the Egyptians and the Mesopotamians you know they they were considering the great forces around them as supernatural and they started worshipping them 
But in the midst of all this, God is telling the children of Israel, you shall have no other God. You know, many people believe in astrology. I don't know whether some of us too do that. Many people believe in astrology, right? They go to the astrologers and they check with them whether I'm going to do this today. Is it good or not? Today is the day is good day or it's a bad day for me to do this, right? And those who are, you know, expecting for you know the marriage for their children they go to them and then they go to the astrologer or they go to the palmist and then you know find out whether he or she is the right match for my son or my daughter and he will tell you whether to, to whom to marry right and then they will go and find a girl according that matches to that that horoscope or whatever so we believe people believe in a lot of superstitions and super you know natural activities around us you know, many people turned to you know towards this superstition and idolatry. They start worshiping idols. You know, the, by nature, people want to have something in front of them because they don't see God and they don't have the belief on God. They are not able to believe there there is a God. There there exists a God, and they you know want to worship such, such something which they can feel and they can touch and they make their idols and they break by doing that they break the first covenant you know commandment the first commandment wants us not to accept a religion or philosophy that teaches that you know everything starts from our life or from the universe from what we see around you know god expects us to believe in the true god and he is god almighty you know there is no uh, deities or no holy men or women of God they deserve the worship or our adoration today God it's only the true God Jehovah he need to be worshipped only the triune God need to be worshipped the Father Son and the Holy Spirit you know you all know about the Darwin's theory of evolution it counters the first commandment straight away Whereas God says, you shall have no other God before me. And he says, I'm the one who's the creator. I'm the one who created you. But Darwin's theory, you know, it contradicts totally to the, the, the first commandment. And it says, all the life what we see today, they all came into existence from, uh, you know, uh, from the small beings. Or from the little complex ones, the most complex or the most co- more complex ones are created from our ancestors, right? They, they, they all say that they all believe a theory called or, or, or a phenomena called genetic mutation. So it's all started from a one cell and it, you know, evolved into, um, you know, a bigger or complex being. And today man came, came forth, you know, in, in that way. That's what is Darwin's theory talks about. And, you know, it happened in such way, such a way they also call it as natural selection. You know, the more complex being as they created and they finally, you know, it's a selection of the nature that, you know, the, the human being got selected. And then today we are there since we are created from the you know the, the less complex ones that's what Darwin the- Darwin's theory says so putting all this together you know the whole world is tend to believe that they, you know God is not the one he is not the one who is creator but Bible teaches that he is the creator and God says you shall have no other gods before me in Deuteronomy if you can go back go to Deuteronomy chapter 10 Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 14 it says indeed heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God also the earth with all that is in it you know here God is asking Moses to write it down because he knows that very clearly people will go away from God believing so many vain things on this earth and he reiterates and he says indeed heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God and the earth with all that is in it everything that belongs to God you know today we need to understand the true God you know, in some of our minds at times, even the question comes, Who is the true God? Where is God? You know, even we question. We try to find out where God is. We find out, try to find out the reality of God. 
you know we have all those questions unless God becomes so real God becomes so meaningful in our lives you know especially when children want to you know argue or want to discuss this matter with the other children you know they will all say that no no we are all from you know we we came from monkeys right we came from other animals no 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 god has not created us but then what what do they, our children should tell tell them unless god becomes so real to them they will not have anything else to say other than they may probably quote the commandment and say that bible says there should be no other god other than god almighty but then more than that God should become so real to them if they once start experiencing God in their life they will be able to say with their experience they will be able to say much more than you know what we can teach them God should become so real not just for children but even in our lives God becomes so real once we feel the we, we sense the reality of God in our life we will not have that doubt we need to get acquainted with the true God you know that the acquaintance will not come the moment we meet some stranger on a first play first day we will not be able to talk to him in the free way we will not be able to share much many more things with him you know unless they become acquainted with us they get used to us you know then we started sharing telling them more and more about us and they will come to know more about us and we will come to know more about them you know god should become like that in our lives you know we will come to know more about god more the reality of god and we need to have a kind of family relationship with god you know bible talks about god the father he is our father in heaven right he is our father in heaven we need to have develop that kind of relationship with god you know those who are blessed those who are having fathers on this earth you know every time they have a trouble they go and approach their father and talk to them and they tell them dad i have this issue going on in my life dad i have this problem in my school i have this you know issue even though how old they are but still they are father but you know those who are not having father they don't have any place to go they they always call above father the father who is in heaven but he is above all he is above even the worldly father any time and every time every minute we can go and call him above father no once we develop that kind of relationship with our heavenly father it will become so true in our life that you shall have no other gods before me only he is god almighty secondly he is saying exodus chapter 20 verse 4 the second commandment 20 verse 4 says you shall not make for yourself a carved image any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them nor serve them for i the lord your god i am a jealous god visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments secondly god is telling us you shall not make for yourself a carved image you shall not make yourself any kind of image any likeness of anything that you see in heaven above in heaven or on this earth or under the earth you shall not make or you shall not bow down before any of such things because i am a jealous god you know the second thing the second commandments deals with worship the first commandment deals with the loyalty of trusting in god first commandment deals with the loyalty and second commandment deals with worship you know we may have certain questions how do we perceive god how do we understand god how do i feel god in my life how do we explain him to ourselves and to somebody else if they want to know god how do i translate god how do i explain god above all what is the proper way to worship our true god you know these are the some of the questions in our mind how do we understand god how do we tell somebody about my god and how do we worship god you know human beings are created in the own image of god the likeness of christ you know when jesus christ came in flesh you know he is a perfect example of how god is because jesus said at some point of time in his life 
in John 14:9 he that has seen me has seen the father are you able to understand he has seen me has seen the father John John 14:9 Jesus says that means if we have seen Jesus Christ we have seen father God and Jesus came to this world and he lived on this world and Bible clearly says he lived like a man he lived like you and me today and Bible also says God has created man in his own image so there is no clue we need more than this how God looks like how God looks like like you and me right so we don't need an image to understand how God looks like so this commandment protects our special relationship with our creator the, the way we worship God you know unless we understand unless we realize God we will not be able to worship him you know we, we are able to worship God because we know his image we visualize him as Jesus Christ who came down from heaven and he is God Almighty himself so his image was like the image of a human being and you know, human beings are basically the descendants of Adam and Eve and God has created Adam and Eve in his own image today we are also carrying the image of God in our lives our creator is a living God and he's not an you know uh, image that doesn't move he's not a statue or he's not a figurine or he's not a person he's not a picture our God is a creator and he's a living God Jesus Christ as he came down as a living God you know once we know this truth God is expecting certain amount of accountability in this commandment you shall not bow down to them nor serve them that's the accountability God is expecting us he said you know God is a spirit and they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth John 4 24 what does it mean to say we need to worship God in truth and in spirit that clearly shows he is a spirit God is also a spirit being he is a spiritual being he is not a human being Jesus came as a human being and he died and he rose again once he resurrected from the dead he is again a spiritual being God is a spiritual being angels are spiritual beings God is a spiritual being God is spirit and how do we worship him we need to worship him in spirit and in truth in, you know when you want to worship God we need to establish that connection with God otherwise we cannot really worship him otherwise it will be just a lip worship you know we go, go through certain songs and we go to go through certain rhythm tempo and you know we, we just keep singing and repeat the words again and again and get become more emotional and that doesn't help unless you connect with God during worship so when you connect with God how do you connect with God it's in spirit because God is spirit and he has given us the spirit and with that help of the spirit which is in us the spirit of God we connect with him and once you connect with him that's what it means to say John 4 24 God is spirit and they that worship God must worship in spirit and in truth what is truth knowing the truth he is God Almighty and he said clearly don't create any image for me and that's the truth and there is so much truth scripture talks about and knowing the truth and knowing that he is a spirit being and we try to connect with God in our spirit and that's how we worship because John 4 23 also says the worshippers shall worship the true worshippers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeks such to worship him John 4 23 you know God the Father expects people to worship him in spirit and in truth you know once we gain this understanding that God once he reveals this secret to us God makes us accountable he doesn't expect us to worship in front of any idol and in front of any man you know obeying God is worshiping him you know in truth and in spirit you know God expects us to live such a life as we live on this earth let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4 Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 15 
to 10 uh, to 20 you know after writing these 10 commandments in the tablets of stone God explained why he wanted no image used in the worship Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 15 he says here take careful heed to yourself for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire now God is reiterating to the children of Israel because they were all seeing as Moses was receiving this Ten Commandments and as he was receiving his the children of Israel they don't want to come they didn't want to come closer to the Mount Horeb because they saw fire and the sound of God and God is telling him to the children of Israel clearly why you don't need to create any image and he's asking them and telling them take careful heed to yourself for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you when I spoke to you you didn't see me as an image or you didn't see me as an object or a statue and verse 16 let you act corruptly and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of any figure the likeness of male or female you know the children of Israel even they started making their own images you know they would have seen the glory of God but they have not seen any image they have not seen any object there all that they heard is the voice the sound of God and they saw the fire on the mountain and God is asking them have you seen any image of me there when you saw the command when we when you saw I was giving the commandments to Moses no you have not seen any image but then why are you making an image in the form of likeness of male or female verse 17 in Deuteronomy 4 the likeness of any animal that is on the earth or the likeness of any uh, winged bird that flies in the air the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground or the likeness of any fish that is in the water beneath the earth God doesn't want us to make any image any object in any of this being it was a clear command to the children of Israel so you may have questions now I have a statue in my showcase I have a statue in my house that's like a male or a female or it's like an animal it's like it's like a bear or it's like a dog or it's like something in my house so what do we do with that and God clearly says don't make any animal or don't make any object don't keep any object right so what do we do with those objects in our house we our house is filled with those kind of objects right we may not worship them outwardly I don't know whether we worship but you may hug them I don't know by hugging them you are worshipping them I don't know we, we may do all sort of things right we like those objects we keep those objects with us right but we also know that you know above all those things uh, the intent of our heart is important whether we worship them whether we adore them we may or we may not do it but Bible clearly says don't make any such objects in the form of any image what about photographs we take our photographs and we frame it and we hang it on the wall so what do we say about that Bible clearly talks about don't make any objects don't make any figure don't make any image in the likeness of male or female so what do we what do we do with our photographs even we hang photographs of our children in the church right so what do we do with those photographs that's a question we may not worship them so if we don't worship them we don't even make them we make them to for some purpose right we make them I know in our, back in our countries they make the image they take the photograph and they hang it and they put a garland around that photograph and the, they go to that photograph the day in which that person died and they go there and do all the sort of things right what they are supposed to do for God and they consider they do the same thing what they do in front of the idol they do the same thing in front of the photograph making that as an idol right it's a picture it's an object so God is saying don't make any objects so what do we do with that so do we hang photographs still we may not worship them but do we need to hang photographs still I don't know I don't have an answer to you but I would I would say that I don't like if you ask me I don't like hanging a photograph there of my photograph or my wife's photograph or my son's photograph are you even we may have even I have photographs stuck to the refrigerator my son's photograph maybe I have, may have that the best thing would be replace all the photographs all the uh, you know everything with the word of God how do we differentiate worship with uh, 
with the respect we give to something or with, with the adoration we give to something so it varies to person to person right you know that's where the subjectivity comes into picture right so it, it when you hang a photograph i believe for me at least it says i give reverence i give some importance to that person i want to feel if i hang my ancestors photographs every time i just want to go and see them okay they were my ancestors they were man of god or woman of god or may or may not be so it it it, it, it takes an impression in my mind about them so i i, I respect them i revere them but then there's a thin line there do they consider to be worthy to be worshiped i may not but then hanging a photograph there it doesn't help me in any way but instead if i hang a word of god there it speaks to me it may be my personal opinion again correct so but then everyone has their own line they they are able to draw there for someone it is nothing it is really immaterial to keep them they don't even pay any attention to them they all just have the photographs in the album and then just see once in a while and just throw it away they may, it, it may not you know make any difference they may not even worship it worship those things but for someone to having such a photograph is it's, it's very very you know very precious and they they worship then there is, there is a very thin line between worshiping and giving reverence or adoring them there is a very thin line of difference right so it's it's become more than an external factor it becomes an internal factor how do we consider those things so for some person having some objects in the form of you know be that a plastic or molded or you know a, a metal objects like an like an animal or like a fish or a bird in the in somewhere in the somewhere in the corner of the house we, we do you know so for someone for like me i don't like that to keep that in in my house for some of you it doesn't matter really whether it is there in the corner or it's not there there may be a buddha statue there sitting at the corner it doesn't do any harm it's fine no issues for someone else right it becomes a matter of matter which we need to deal with god but god says he is a jealous god he doesn't want us to worship any one such of such objects or such images right we keep pictures for our identification we cannot say that is wrong then you are stuck to your you know you in your own well you cannot really come out of that well because nobody recognize you you are as a, you need you need certain things for your identification but the same identification can be used in a wrong way that's what antichrist is going to do he is going to use our own passports to identify ourselves as one of his members so it's a thin line what what we we perceive what in what angle we look at them i remember some of the incidents which take which usually takes place in our own countries when someone goes to pray for somebody who is possessed with an evil and when we speak to the devil and pray for them and then they will say that where are you coming from they will say that i am hiding behind the dog in my doll which you are keeping there at the corner of your house because more than us the evil spirits they like those objects because they want to hide behind certain things and they want to attract so that they will be worshiped correct they know our weaknesses i'm talking in general not about our believers general they know the weaknesses of our in the people on this earth and they know the moment they see an object there is an attraction and the evil hide behind the object and they 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 attract and they you know feel that they they need to be worshiped so idolatry and immorality they go together and there is a power behind all those idols you know you know we all know how they make idols in our own country right they erect a big statue suddenly at the corner of a road and you know they call all these magicians or uh, all the priests of the other religion and you, you you must be knowing they take a, a copper plate of specific dimension and they do all the pujas with this copper plate taking them around to different places and they do this puja invite the evil spirits to come and rest reside in that plate after doing so many you know so much of you know things to that plate they take that copper plate metal plate and erect a statue and put that metal plate under that and we also know that that plate will lose its power as days goes by and they every year they need to renew that power so they need to do the special pujas they will take the plates and then they they take it through that and then again put it back and the evils reside in that because the evils are invited to reside in that and they since they put that under the objects under the statues 
this poor people will come and then stand in front of the statue and thinking that that is their god and goddesses and then they will pray for certain things and then they will realize the moment they close their eyes and then pray and they open their eyes and then they will see there is fire coming out of the eyes of the statue and then they will visualize there is the statues laughing at them and speaking to them they will realize all these things happening in front of their eyes and they believe God is there and what is doing that has nothing to do with that statue it's just just a clay or just a metal but there is a plate which is kept under that which has an evil power in it so that evil will make sure the statue is able to attract people towards it and then once someone comes and stands and do something in front of them and then they will he will pray and go the things will happen evil has a power to demonstrate what God can demonstrate and then they believe that that is God and that is goddesses you know that's how they worship so God is telling us we will not have any form of image of anything like a male or female any likeness of an animal that is on the earth or likeness of any you know winged bird that flies likeness of anything that creeps on the ground now it is a call is up to us what we want to keep in our home our, you know idolatry and immorality they go together I just want to touch upon this little bit in the idolatrous religion of the ancient world the worship of idols was very closely linked to the fertility of animals and land and plant you know the land or the animal is able to reproduce because they you need to worship an idol so idolatry and the fertility they go together you know what people did later they relate the human fertility with the idol worship by doing that many of those temples were turned into brothels means it is a place for prostitution you know they relate idolatry idol worship to fertility and they think that you know if you worship idols you worship sun god or you worship some other idol and they think that the crops will grow and they will yield they will multiply and the animals which are barren they bring it to the temple and make them in front of the and you know slays few animals in front of the uh, in front of the the statue and thinking that the remaining animals will become fertile the same thing will happen they bring uh, women to the temple and they do the prostitution there in the temple thinking that they will become fertile you know the idolatry and fertility the immorality are related and i talked about the power behind the the scene what's going on behind an idol god is telling us not to have any image let's read one or two scripture from the new testament let's go to um first corinthians chapter 10 First Corinthians chapter 10 here you see clearly Paul is talking about this Paul is writing this to the church in Corinth he is saying in verse 14 therefore my beloved flee from idolatry flee from idolatry even the name itself should not be you know uh, should not be told among yourselves and verse 19 what am i saying then that an idol is anything or what is of offered to idols is anything rather that rather that the things which the gentiles sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not to god you know he is very clearly relating idol to demon so today those who are worshiping idols they are worshiping demon they are worshiping satan himself there is no difference between idol worship and satanic worship paul is writing it clearly they sacrifice to demons and not to god and i do not want you to have fellowship with demons so it means clearly if we are present we are standing there in the group of people those who are worshiping idols we are taking part in their worship in effect we are taking part in demonic worship and paul is trying telling writing it clearly what relationship we have you have what part you have in them you don't have any flee away from such people flee away from idolatry you know satan is cleverly dis- defeating or deflecting people to idols and make sure making sure they are away from god 
So it's important, the second commandment, do not have any image in the form of anything on this earth. The third commandment, let's go back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. What does it mean, taking the name of the Lord in vain? You know, God expects us to respect his holy name and not use his holy name in vain. The third commandment is about the reverence that we need to have for God. The first commandment is the loyalty that God expects in us. The second commandment is a form of worship. How do we worship our God Almighty? The third commandment is about reverence. God expects us to give due respect to his name. The third commandment focuses focuses on showing respect to God. It addresses the way we communicate our feelings to God. To communicate our feeling, how do we tell the name of God? It talks about our attitude, it talks about our speech, it talks about our behavior we have with God. You know, to maintain a good relationship, we need to respect each other. You know, it happens in our family even. If we don't respect our children, we don't, they don't respect us. If we don't respect our parents, they don't respect us. If we don't respect our spouse, they don't respect us. You know, the respect is, is expected even in the human relationship as we live on this earth. Nobody is a slave. No one is a slave. We cannot treat people like a slave. Even those who are working as a servants, you know, they expect certain amount of respect from their masters. If they don't respect them, and they are not going to show that respect back to them. God is a God who expects respect. God expects us to revere him, us to respect him. The quality of our relationship that we God we have with God, it depends on how do we love the Lord? How do we regard him? How do we respect him? God expects us to respect him. That's why he's saying that don't use my name just for everything and anything. You know, respecting God and his name is very, very important. You know, God has created us in his own image. Since he has created us in his own image, today we can call that we are children of God. A child is like a parent, like a father or mother. We are like our father in heaven. God expects us to respect him as we are created in his own image. Let's go to Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Acts chapter 17. Verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being as also some of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. You know, in God we do everything. You know, this verse brings a respect to God because he is the center of everything in our life. He is in the middle of everything in our life. In him we operate today. All that is going on in our life, it's all around him, around God. You know, David realized that very clearly. He had a you know, special respect to God. You know, some of the Psalms, if we read, let's see, read one of the scriptures, uh, Psalm 104, Psalm 104, verse 1. See how he respect, gives respect to God. Want to read? Psalm 104, verse 1. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You know, kind of reverence he has for God, the kind of importance he has for God. Let's read Psalm 145. Verse 1, 2, 3. He says, I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. You know, God expects us to have that kind of reverence to the name of God. You know, today, name of God used in a profane manner, manner and also it just used like a slang. 
you know in our day to day communication God's name is used I want you to think about how the name of God is used today you know we show profanity in using the name of God in an abusive manner or in a vulgar manner or in an you know irreverent manner we use the name of God quite often the way we communicate daily you know we sometimes abuse the name of God we misuse the name of God in some time you know if you don't notice you know some of the slang which people when they talk for everything they see they say oh jesus right for everything they see without any context they just say oh jesus right for everything they jesus even if they sneeze they say jesus even if they you know laugh they say jesus is it good or bad as long as they realize what they are saying are they as long as they are able to river they give that you know respect to god as jesus is a god sorry yeah in him we should live in him we should breathe every breath should be jesus right but is it just to say or it is an attitude so when people use that the name of jesus what about their attitude do they realize they are using a name of god there they don't even realize right i i know i know i work with some people right they just use jesus for everything and they don't believe jesus as a god even but they still use jesus so jesus has become a slang like anything else you use we use lot of other slangs right if we especially talk to children we come to know many things they use jesus became one among them so that's what god is saying he is very particular don't use my name in vain so when we teach our children we should teach our children why they are saying jesus otherwise stop saying jesus don't use the name it's one of the commandments it is same as do not murder it is same as do not i do don't do idol worship idol worship it is same as using the name of the lord in vain you know we need to honor our god we need to honor our god god deserves far more than what our lips can offer to him he wants a relationship with us you know that should come from our heart in luke let's go to luke chapter 6 verse 45 luke chapter 6 verse 45 a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bring forth evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks you know when we say jesus god expects that to come from our heart it means our whole being our behavior our attitude is involved this is something probably we need to consider a little serious in our society as we live in the society let's move to the fourth one the last commandment in the series which talks about our relationship with god it says remember the sabbath day to keep it holy the fourth commandment is about sanctification and relationship with god God is asking us to keep the sabbath day as holy. Let's go to Exodus chapter 20 verse 8. Remember the sabbath day to keep it holy. 6 days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the sabbath day of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates for 6 days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and the is in them and rested the seventh day therefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and hallowed it and hallowed it so the sabbath day is imp- is an important day you know it looks like it's a commandment which is often often forgotten i think that's a re- that's the reason the verse 8 starts with remember the sabbath day none of the other commandments it says remember but god knows this is the commandment which is quite often forgotten by people children of god and taken for granted remember the sabbath day and today we are recording this message i want to play it for those who are not here today right so this is the commandment which is forgotten by children of god 
it explains why and when we need to take special time to draw closer to God our creator it also speaks it also gives a special sign between us and God forever that is in him we stand today and we are sanctified by him and we worship him on the Sabbath day we give an importance to this day because God considers this day as a blessed day the day that is blessed and he has hallowed it means he has put a special hallow around the Sabbath day out of the seven days and he is honoring this day as an important day you know the Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week right and seventh day of the week is the which day if we consider Saturday is the seventh day of the week and one people now celebrate or people observe which day as Sabbath day the Sunday is considered as a Sabbath day now if we go back to the history you know who did that change it's Constantine when he you know he declared he brought the world into the church we know the story how you know that resulted in the birth of the Roman Catholicism before that Constantine when he did that realignment he considered he started declaring that Sunday the first day of the week at Sabbath day but you know that's the day that everyone is observing as a Sabbath day today the whole world is celebrating or observing this day Sunday as the Sabbath day so God is keeping this day as a special day and he has hallowed this day and this day has become an important day in our lives you know why this commandment is so neglected by the church today so neglected by the children of God you know the reason is devil makes us to view this commandment as if it is created by man you know devil gives that picture in our mind in the children of God especially and he says that you know we can worship God anywhere everywhere and it is true God is there everywhere we can worship him because true worshippers they need to worship in truth and in spirit they can worship him so he makes an impression in our mind to the children of God to the church of God it need not be that we need to assemble every day every Sabbath day together if you are not able to worship on Sabbath day Sunday we can do it on some other day or we can just be at home and worship the Lord but then why God is telling them remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy and he is very specific don't do any work on the Sabbath day not only just you even your servant at your home don't do any work keep this day as a day for the Lord sanctified and hallowed by God and this is the special day looks like we need to keep this day aside without working not doing the regular our routine work but keep this day a separate day a special day to serve God Almighty to build our relationship with God but you know devil doesn't want us to do it and he deviates people away from this truth of the fourth commandment the remember the Sabbath day and don't do any work on the Sabbath day it's as important as don't worship any idols it is as important as don't do adultery don't do idolatry don't do any murder don't steal it is as important as any other commandments and God is telling us remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy and those who decide to do something else on this Sabbath day they are accountable to the Word of God and they need to decide whether they are deviating they are breaking one of the God's commandment to keep the Sabbath day as holy you know Bible says God of this age blinded their eyes to see not to see this truth 2nd Corinthians 4 4 and he also says in the Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 he is the deceiver of many he deceived children of God not to have their focus on this truth of observing the Sabbath day as a holiday you know Jesus also spoke about this day Jesus and his apostles they kept the Sabbath day do you believe Jesus was keeping the Sabbath day as a holiday let's read Luke chapter 4 Luke chapter 4 verse 16 Luke chapter 4 verse 16 
here we see Jesus was says so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read why it doesn't say that Jesus went to the synagogue on Wednesday or Thursday some other day why it says Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day according to his custom if Jesus was willing to go keep the day aside and he decided to go to the church on the Sabbath day are we greater than Jesus today and we are telling that I can worship on any day because my employer wanted to come to work on this day I need to go to work on this day no matter what it is I will work we are considering ourselves above Jesus you know quite often we do that you know we substitute the Sabbath day by something else you know Sabbath is the day when we have a relationship with God Sabbath day is very important to have a good relationship with God you know we should remember the Sabbath day when we go together to the church we worship the Lord we need to go but go back to the basics from where we came from I remember when I was a child Sabbath day was precious I'm sure every one of us you will witness that just re- just realize for a moment how was your Sabbath observed when we were a child we were children in the Sabbath day I remember morning I need to go and take bath as usual the other day and go to church morning we don't have any food at home we go to the church once we come back from the church we need to memorize few scriptures at least seven or eight verses we need to memorize together and if we don't memorize and recite tell that verse to some of the elders my grandparents mostly or my uncle and if you don't tell that verse you don't have food you cannot eat and we are hungry because morning we don't eat anything and we, we come back home and we are hungry we want to have some food and we are not allowed to have anything unless we memorize the scriptures and tell them and there are days when we need to wait till to 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock because we are not able to we go and tell them then you know we, we falter then we'll come back and then study it again and then go and tell and 1 o'clock 2 o'clock someday we have food and then that Sabbath day we are not allowed to play with other children I was not allowed to play with other children all the other children will come and play in front of our house I can sit there and watch I cannot play these are not even from my parents but my uncle he was very strict about this and that's how I was brought up and I can watch there I can, I'm not allowed to play on that day and I was not allowed to study on that day I cannot take the book I cannot touch the book I cannot and I cannot study and evening I need to participate in the evening service the Sunday youth meeting or something will be there in the church and come home and do the family prayer and go to bed I am not allowed to study now that's how we were all brought up most of us and where that is gone now we are easily substituting those things and we are find, not finding value in that and we are trying to find value what this perverse generation what this ungodly generation says they have value in it you know we don't expect anything out of this you know this ungodly generation where we are living with the whole world is lacking knowledge about God the world around us they don't even first of all they don't believe God they don't trust in God and then how can they encourage you to go to church on Sunday obviously they don't encourage they encourage you to come to work and we don't find any value in what we do on Sunday and we go to work on Sunday thinking that we find value along with this ungodly generation you know that's what we are doing on Sundays if we decide to go and do work on Sunday and it is a commitment that God expects from each and every one of us and God makes us accountable and asking the question are we obeying to the commandment of God it is a day of renewal it is a day of recreation you know once we are in Christ we are a new creation and that new creation doesn't stop there it continues every Sunday when we gather together and we worship the Lord we become a new man and we become a new creation I would like you to read one scripture and then we will close Hebrews chapter 10 Hebrews chapter 10 you know God is very particular about this 
whether we like it or not whether we find value in it or not whether we obey it or not God is very particular about this Hebrew chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 Hebrew chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works how not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching you know here the writer of Hebrews is warning the churches today as we are living in the last days you will start losing your sight of saints coming together on the day of the Lord. You will start losing, finding value in the day of the Lord when saints of God coming together. And here the writer is warning, he is saying, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of saints together. And he is reiterating that it is important because it is one of the basic commandments God expects you to obey. You know, we may come out with so many excuses and say so many things around it but God is God Almighty I would say if we give importance to the first commandment if we believe that you shall have no other God before me if we give importance to that commandment I'm, I will say you will also obey the fourth commandment remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy you know today God is telling us all the commandments which we spoke God spoke to the children of Israel through Moses in Mount Horeb it's all important to our lives today and God expects Jesus obeyed and all of us you know uh, uh, children of God all the saints of God all the apostles they obeyed to the word of God they observed the Sabbath day as a holy day today God expects the church to obey these commandments and to keep this Sabbath day as a holy day kept aside for God and for the divine purposes and to serve God Almighty and to get involved in things concerning God and today if we are not doing it and remember the church is accountable and every one of us are accountable to the voice of God today this morning hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org God bless you